Oh, good afternoon, and thank you once again for joining me for the Chapel of Divine Mercy. It's great to have you here with me today, and uh, feel free to join me. If you want to need prayer, uh, the number to get in, 888-914-914. That is 888-914-914. Nine one four nine. I'm praying, of course, with my colleague Maggie here. She is uh, taking your calls. I want to be correct myself. Patrick Aylock's taking your calls. Maggie's taking your tweets, and you can go ahead and uh, hit her up on X at Drew Mariani Show. That's at Drew Mariani Show, and feel free to send uh, your intentions there. Or if you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube or any other place, feel free to go ahead and. Uh, Send us those prayer intentions, and she'll give them some voice. Maggie, anything you want to pray for as we start? Yes. Continued prayers for my dad healing up from his knee surgery, and I seem to be coming down with some sort of sinus infection. Um, so I I just want to offer it up for the March for Life and uh, the cause of life. Well, we'll continue to pray for you, Maggie, then, Thank for sure. You. I know you came into the studio, and I said to you, you know, Maggie, Go home if you want to. <laughs> you, know, you were down and out, but uh, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're here. We'll pray for you and for your little baby, of course. Thank you. Uh, we'll take a few calls too. Um, I, like, rather than me share petitions today, I just want to offer my the chaplet up right now for uh, the unborn, uh, for any mother who's in a crisis pregnancy right now and is contemplating uh, terminating that child, ending the life of her baby. Uh, God has created it. For a purpose, he's created it with a mission, and uh, he'll he'll be there for you throughout the process. I know a lot of women are concerned about what it means for their future, or what's going to happen to their reputation, or what the fallout from that is. But um, every life ha- is created in the image and likeness of God, and uh, has an inalienable right to life and to liberty, right, to all the benefits that we have here. So, I want to pray for those mothers. I want to pray for any mother who's made the mistake of having an abortion. And I know so often you felt pressured or there was not the support you needed or whatever the cause. You know, I, I just want you to know how much God loves you and how much his grace is there for you and how he wants you to to come to him. If you're Catholic, I encourage you to get the confession. It goes for male or female, whoever's been involved in the process. Uh, receive the Lord. Encounter him in that sacrament of mercy. Okay? that That's uh, the great, first step. It's the greatest thing you can do. And... Uh, Know that his mercy is there. He told St. Faustina, the greater the sinner, the greater the right that uh, that you have to his mercy. So I really want to encourage you to please, um, just today, you know, allow today to be your new day, right? Start start anew and accept the Lord's mercy. I want to also um, just pray in thanksgiving for so many of these answered prayers that we have. Uh, a couple of things that came in here. I was planning to receive, uh, to retrieve my cell phone, this person wrote. Uh, containing all my contacts. It was Thursday morning when suddenly I slumped in the pew and was rushed to the hospital. Since my cell phone was still waiting to be picked up, this person wrote, uh, is it the, let me pick that up again. Sorry, I'm trying to read this email here. Um, while I was still waiting to be picked up, the hospital staff had no way of notifying my families or friends of the critical urgent situation. My friends immediately began praying the chaplet of divine mercy and contacted my parish priest and hospital chaplain for the anointing of the sick. Later, my friends checked on me to learn that I regained consciousness. Everyone, including the medical ICU team, was astonished, saying that it was actually a miracle. Later, I realized my cell phone was lost and family and friends unreachable in order to clear a path for the way 
to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet and witness a miracle. It's been more than three months. I continue to pray in Thanksgiving, and I want to thank all the spiritual family during the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Signed, Jesus, I trust in you. Another person wrote to me, my son applied for another position with his company. A hundred applicants applied. It was a difficult interview. I prayed yesterday that he get the answer. Today he got a call and he was offered the job. The job he has is so strenuous that he had a, uh, that he at 45 had a heart attack. He worked terrible hours. So this job is a lateral position, much less stress and much better hours. I want to thank the Lord for that answered prayer as well. And one final one here, this person wrote and said, hey, I want to offer prayers for, um, I sent in prayers for my brother with stage four uh, cancer. He had lymphoma and asked that if it was God will that the cancer be totally eradicated. Well, he went to get a PET scan and the scan revealed the cancer was completely gone. I mean, stage four cancer. He had, he had lymphoma, it totally gone. He says, Jesus, I trust in you. I want to thank you and all the relevant radio listeners who prayed for this miracle. So we want to praise God. I say it all the time. Cancer can disappear, right? It can be vanquished. It can, it can vanish. God can eradicate it in a heartbeat. And there's nothing impossible with the Lord. And sometimes events unfold before us for a greater purpose. God wants to bring a greater good out of them, like the person who couldn't find their phone. Let's pray for you now. All right, we'll lift up whatever your intentions are as we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll take our first call today from Naperville. Illinois. And Sandra joins us there. Hi, Sandra. Good afternoon. Hi, I'm just calling. I had reached out uh, to you for prayers for my friend, Rebecca, for her mother, who was, uh, doctors were saying, had advanced pancreatic cancer. She said she needed a miracle, and they were recommending her to hospice. Well, 
two biopsies, no cancer. Um, she's just uh, really wanting to praise God for this and is very grateful for the prayers. So praise I thought God. I would just share that. Thank you so much. We'll continue to pray for her. Of course, pray for you, right? And for all your intentions. And But I pray against cancer today. I thank you. She prayed for a friend's brother, thought she had cancer, no cancer. We had the report of stage four cancer totally disappearing. So I give to you those right now who are waiting their test results, their blood work, their biopsies, their scans. Lord, I want to pray for those who are having mammograms and prostate surgery. I want to give to you those who are undergoing chemo and immunotherapy and radiation treatment. Lord, I give you the scourge itself of cancer. I pray for complete and total healing for those who are requesting it of you so that we may testify to your power and glory. I pray for the family members of the loved ones who are watching their loved ones struggle, that you fortify them and strengthen them in your mercy. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world all right Deborah is praying with us you know I want to pray with Gigi too that's my call screener today Patrick's girlfriend and she's going through cancer too so we uh fight for it so we'll, we'll lift her up debbie uh deborah in chicago good afternoon thanks for joining us thank you drew um, i'm calling regards to i'm looking for a uh, healing for my grandson who's autistic okay. and if it's not god's will to heal him to give us the avenues um to have him improve his communication skills and everything and for my other daughter who has a high-risk pregnancy that the baby is born healthy and that she be, keeps her health and during the pregnancy, the delivery, and afterwards. All right, let's call upon John Paul II for that one too, right? His mother chose life, and Gianna Mola, and all those great saints of life. We call upon you for those having troubled pregnancies, those who are having complications in utero, those who are contemplating abortion. And Lord, I just uh, pray for those trying to adopt or those having fertility issues. We give you the issue of life again today and lift that up to you. We'll give you all these intentions that have been voiced, and I just uh, pray for those with special needs, those with autism, those with downs, downs. So I just give you those who cry out to you, Eternal Father. I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy 
mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, before I go to Sandy, who's praying with us in St. Cloud, Minnesota, let me go to Maggie. Maggie's praying with us, taking your calls off of Twitter, off of Facebook, off of uh, all of our social media platforms, YouTube. And, of course, you could send her a tweet at Drew Mariani Show. And please send me your answer prayers, too. That's the other thing I really should remind you to. The email for the show is drew at relevantradio.com. Drew at relevantradio.com. And as you get those answers to prayers, that stage four cancer disappears, whatever it may be, let us know. Mark an answered prayer or praise report so we're sure to see it. Maggie, what's coming in? Father Bobby Blood was here in, at Relevant Radio yesterday, and he had yes, asked me to please pray for a, pri a priest in his diocese who is ill, Father John. And he said, please also pray for all the priests who are covering for Father John. And he'd like to pray for the increase of fraternity within the priesthood. Mac wrote to us, this is really important, Drew. Um, he said, for all you prayer warriors, seven nuns, in Haiti have been kidnapped. They're from one of the best schools in Haiti. One of our sisters is also stuck in Port-au-Prince and can't get back to our school. Please pray for them. Mac, we're praying. Uh, Anne and Stephen- That's a rough place. I've been to Haiti. Oh, that, yeah. That, that is a rough place. We'll pray for a miracle now for that. We'll pray that things for those change. nuns. Ann and Stephen from Minnesota wrote to us. Um, they say our three-year-old grandson, Blaze, is having his third open-heart surgery. This was yesterday, Thursday. He was born with congenital defects and, and needed a series of surgeries to survive. Prayers that his operation goes well, that recovery is thorough, and that he heals. Um, Mom and Dad also have a five-year-old daughter and are expecting another baby in April. Oh, wow. So prayers for the whole family. Julie from Palatine um, offers prayers of healing and comfort for a young woman that sent a message in the chat of, of this chaplet, I guess, recently in, in the last couple of days. She said, asking for prayers because she has no family and is alone and having health issues. First name is Paulette and is feeling fearful. So she said, I, it was off of the YouTube chat. I just wanted to lift this up and yeah. God bless you. Mary from Sun Valley, Nevada is asking for an urgent prayer request uh, for her 66-year-old brother with dementia. He was very agitated yesterday and took a swing at his caretaker. He's confused and doesn't understand why he has to stay at this facility. She says, please, pr please pray that God calms his spirit so that he doesn't get kicked out. Poor, poor guy. Poor family. Too. I know. I know. It's rough. Yeah. Right, well, we'll lift him up. We'll lift all, so many different intentions. <laughs> That's the beauty of what we do here, right? I mean, we're a spiritual family, and I love that person who saw the uh, YouTube situation or chat or petition and started praying for him. Let's pray for each other. You know, I think we're going to hear and have reported lots of miracles because so many of us are praying for one another. We hear these intentions. I know I pray for them later when I'm reading these emails. I I pray for the men, sometimes even with my wife. I take them before the Blessed Sacrament. I know a lot of other people are doing the same thing. So we are a special family here. There is a special communion amongst us, and we are bound by, by prayer. And I don't think there's anything more powerful than that. So 
Lord, I'm asking for big miracles again today for all these intentions that are coming in, that have been voiced, those who couldn't get through. And let's take Sandy, too. We'll add her to this third decade. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Drew. Um, I'm just calling for a, a couple of things. Um, there was a gentleman in our at um, in our cathedral school district who was in his 40s, and he just died today from stomach cancer and leaves behind um, three young children. And I pray for him and his for him, his family, and him, and also for my son-in-law Brian. He's been having stomach severe stomach problems and he's finally getting in to see a doctor and I pray for his healing and also for a, another gentleman, Stephen, who has cancer um, of a kidney and um, very severe, so I pray for his healing too. S- Sandy, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't your husband have cancer surgery or was having it or it's coming up? I have... Oh, yes, yes, and it all turned out wonderful. Okay. I, I thank yeah, you, Drew, for your audience in the prayers. Okay, well, that was in July. Well, good. I'm glad. I mean, time's a blur to me, so I'm so happy for you. Well, let's lift up these other intentions. You know the power of prayer. So we'll pray for, for Jeff. We'll pray for those with stomach issues. And Lord, you know our hearts. You know every intention we have. I present them to you. I intercede on behalf of all who are united with me now. And I, I ask you to hear these humble prayers. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us. And on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the world. sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, we'll go to Champion, Wisconsin next. That's the site of the only church approved apparition site in our country. And little 13 year old Courtney is joining us there. Hi, Courtney. Hi, Drew. Hey. How can we pray I'm for you, Courtney? Praying, um, I'm praying for my friend. Um, her parents are atheists, and um, she's Catholic, and she's the only Catholic in our house. Oh, wow. And I'm praying that her parents can become Catholic and see the truth of our faith, and that my friend will also um, stay Catholic and not go atheist because of her parents. Yeah, well, what a beautiful prayer. And I, I just can't tell you how powerful your prayers are, Courtney. And you're there in Champion. Make a visit to the Blessed Mother, right? And and, and ask her to intercede. You know, she is came as uh, the Queen of Heaven. We know her as Our Lady of Good Help. But um, also, you know what I was thinking of, Courtney, too, and I'm sure you have it. Maybe give your friend a couple miraculous medals. There have been some profound conversions by those who were given these these miraculous medals. So entrust to this family to Our Lady. And I know you're going to get lots of graces. And we're going to join you right now. We're going to pray for you and for this mission, right? But I pray for the conversion of this family and especially for Courtney's friend. And I pray for those who do not know you, that they may come to know how good, loving, and merciful you are. Pray for those who strayed from your path, Lord, that you draw them back home, gather those lost sheep. And Lord, I pray for my own conversion and those who pray with me that we may come to know you and love you more intimately, more deeply, better serve you. 
Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. An atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right. Our next call comes from Warminster, Pennsylvania. It's near Philly. I know that area well. Donna, good afternoon. Hi, Drew. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I don't know if you remember me, but um, three months ago, approximately, I had called, and um, my son was supposed to get this house. An offer was put in, and they were supposed to make a decision that very hour. Well, he did not get that house. Three houses later, he got an offer accepted, and he made settlement today. <laughs> That's great. So God is good. We didn't. We kept persisting. Amen. And he is so good. You, you know, you never know what goes wrong, right? I mean, that other house, the roof could have leaked, the heater could have failed. You don't know, right? So God's got the perfect place for him. All in God's time. Donna, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for calling and for sharing that good news. And yeah, if one door gets shut, uh, know that another one will open. And I've seen that in my own life and my own career. You know, God shuts doors. You don't understand why. This home's perfect. This job would be perfect. This person is perfect for me. And it doesn't seem to work out, right? Because God has something even better, a better job, a better home, the right spouse, the right person for your future. So um, just keep praying and put your trust in God, right? He won't fail you. Trust me. We'll go to Dan. I'll take a few extra calls. I got a minute or two here. Uh, Dan is in Prospect, uh, Mount Prospect, Illinois. Hi, Hi, Dan. Hey, hey, Drew, thanks for taking the call. And um, just praying for all those who are sick out there, including me and many others. Uh, just had a head cold and just been battling. And I ca tried calling in yesterday. I got your intention and uh, for settling estates. My, my good friend Loretta, who works in Chicago, lost her best friend Bobby Belmonte and uh, the repose of his soul. And uh, when you have to settle estates and take care of things for others, it's very hard. Yeah, so, uh, no kidding. And um, and just for all the wars going on, for peace in the world, I was over in Poland just quickly and was over there during the summer and went to went to the shrine of uh, St. Faustina. And, but there's a war going on there, Drew, and, you know, it was in the middle of just this war zone out there and in Poland and Gaza and all these wars. So, but... God is good. He is. And Dan, thanks for calling. I know you're feeling a little bit under the weather. Maggie is too. So we'll pray for your restoration of your health. But thank you for bringing up this intention because it's all my heart too, to pray for world peace. You know, I, I think we do the world and ourselves a great disservice if we don't pray ardently, passionately, deeply, consistently for the Lord to extend his mercy to the world because we are in a very volatile, very volatile place right now. And pray for the conversion of our leaders, for those who lead, those who govern, uh, for our leaders, for world leaders. And I really believe those prayers are heard. I really am convinced that God will extend the period of peace. He'll bring about change and conversion. It's not too late. Nineveh should have been chastised by God for their sin. But his mercy prevailed, right? The people responded. Let's do the same thing right now. Lord, I give you all who are on hold with me now. I give you all who 
are praying with me wherever they are. I thank you for the power of this prayer and for your promises. And I entrust to you all who now are voicing their intentions, and I come together with them, invoking your mercy as I pray. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. And Maggie, I'm just going to interject from this last decade as well, because somebody just just saw that Steve, who's in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, is on hold. Uh, there's uh, Patty's friend is now in hospice. And I want to pray for all those right now at the hour of death, those who are approaching their final moments. <sighs> For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the world. sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Hey, I don't know whether we went over or not. I don't either. I don't know it. You can never pray too much. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless, and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, please look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, so that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love in mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Our Lady Queen of Heaven, pray for us. Our Lady of Champion, pray for us. Mother of Mercy, pray for us. Our Lady of Palestine, pray for us. Our Lady Reconciler of Peoples and Nations, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Faustina, pray for us. Saint John Paul II, pray for us. Saint Peregrine, pray for us. Saint Gianna Mola, pray for us. All you saints of all those martyrs and saints for life, pray for, pray us. for us. Saint Jose Maria Escriva, pray for us. Saint Patrick, pray for Blessed us. Blessed Michael Sapochko, pray for us. And all you angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, coming up, and I hope you'll stay with me for this. You know, we're talking a lot about life today. Um, I bumped into a man. I was giving a talk for uh, Dr. Bob Tabali. I was present for an event that he did not too long ago. And I met a professor, and I think, if my memory serves me right, he's got 15 children, right? Two marriages. They both had like eight and seven or eight and f whatever the number was. You know, I don't know how they broke it down, 10 and five. Um, then the, my next guest is going to join me. Um, she saw something that Emmanuel Macron, the president or the uh, of uh, – of, of Canada came out and said, um, and he said that intelligent women, well, they don't, they don't have more than two children. She responded to him. That tr tweet went viral. When I come back, she's going to join me. We're going to share not just that story, 
But she's coming out with a brand new book, too, and you're going to love it. You talk about being a witness to life. This woman is something else. We'll get into that more. Join me on the station you're now listening to me on, or if you are listening or viewing us on YouTube or Facebook or some other social media platform, uh, feel free to download the mobile app, or you can go to relevantradio.com and plug into that conversation and more. We'll talk finances. Congressman Chris Smith and others will be stopping by. we got a lot more to, to share, so don't go away. Tweet us your prayer intention anytime on Twitter at Drew Mariani Show. Hey, today we'd like to thank Tom, who is listening in Illinois, for donating his 1978 Slick Craft boat. You can join Tom and thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles, trucks, boats, and RVs by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. That's relevantradio.com slash car. What do you think is the biggest threat to mankind right now? I'd say the biggest threat right now is population collapse, the super low birth rate. Really? Yeah. Over like nuclear war, natural disaster. Don't we have an overpopulation yeah. problem? Yeah. No, we have an underpopulation problem. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Why do you? So, so this is the most commonly misunderstood situation. Yeah, they definitely push that we have a overpopulation. Yeah. Why is problem. that? No, no. We, I don't know. It's just like this is a holdover from like I don't know the seventies or something. You know, there was a huge baby boom, like where people did have a ton of kids after World War II. But then the birth rate in the U.S. has been below replacement rate since like seventy one or seventy two. I know U.S., but how about other countries? Well, like China's got a huge population collapse problem. Really? Yeah. People have no idea how fast the population is going to collapse. Get the facts, get the faith. This is the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, that was Elon Musk, and he is so right. The guy's visionary, um, no, no doubt about it. Hey, I want to just a quick programming note here. Uh, I said Emmanuel Macron. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of the uh, president of France, and I don't know why Canada came out of my mouth, but Emmanuel Macron is the president of France. And... Uh, I'm going to share with you a little bit of what he had to say uh, coming up. Uh, back to Musk for a moment, though. I just, I, I think he's so right. I was having a conversation. We've dealt a lot with demographics the past couple of weeks on the show about population stability and uh, implosion. And uh, by the end of the century, they're saying 93% of the nations of the world will be, be below uh, replacement rate. And that is a bad portent for the future. Uh, so, you know, those who are fighting for life, those who are open to life, you're making a difference in ways you do not do not know. You just do not know. And I'm really, really grateful for it. Um, you know, China, I, gosh, I, I, I think their population declined 2 million. Elon Musk says they lost population. They're down 2 million people. Now, again, they're, what, 1.4 billion people? But still, 2 million people, percentage-wise, is not huge. But it's the second year in a row that it's happened, and they don't want to see that happen. They're trying to incentivize people to, to have children. Uh, from what the BBC found, the women that they spoke to simply don't want to have kids anymore. They say they can't afford them. As nation, Here's the weird part of it all. I don't want to go too far off tangent. I want to get to my next guest. When nations become affluent, when you can afford more, have better education, better health care, right? Have plenty of food. They, they become more selfish and they tend to have less children. And you see this in China. Uh, they're just a reflection of nations all over the planet right now. The stats show that if we continue as we're going here in this country, and really as a planet, within 75 years, 14 countries across the country will have at least you know, they'll have at least replacement level fertility rates of 
14, that is, every other country will be below replacement rates. 14 countries will be there, the rest of the planet below. So there are still world leaders pushing for it. The uh, French president back in 2018, uh, the French president, Emmanuel Macron, was in the U.S. He was there for the for a U.N. General Assembly, United Nations General Assembly meeting, and he attended a sideline summit sponsored by the Gates Foundation. And they're all about population control, right? And it was this, this summit was called Gatekeepers, right, this little side summit. And he was concerned there are too many people right now in Africa. And he basically wants women there to get more education. Because the stats show that the more education a woman has, the fewer children they have, right? Become more educated. You'll see how ridiculous it is. Listen to what he had to say. Listen. I always say, please present me the lady who decided being perfectly educated to have seven, eight, nine children. Please present me the young girl who decided to leave school at 10 in order to be married at 12. And this is not teaching African people from New York. A lot of African leaders today, now, dare to have this kind of speech. This is just because a lot of girls were not properly educated. Because people de facto in these countries, but here as well, decided that the rights of these girls we are not exactly the same as the rights of the young man, which is unacceptable. I'm fine with a lady having seven, eight children if this is her choice after education. This is not the case today. That's why for me education is the main answer, first, to avoid the worst, second, to maximize opportunities in African countries, and in the rest of the world. Third, to properly monitor demography because it will be a chosen demography. I mean, that's just crazy. Right? I, 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 sh I, I shouldn't even play as much of it as I did because he equates education to a form of birth control. You know, you, if you have an educated woman, any educated woman would not have seven or eight kids, right? He says this, his, his, the key sentence there was, present me the woman who decided being perfectly educated to have seven, eight, or nine children. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett is another one. Uh, Catherine uh, Pakulik is going to join me in a moment. She's another one. She's got her PhD. She's a doctor. Um, it didn't end well for the French president, Emmanuel Macron. Mm -mm. Dr. Pakulik, she basically, uh, she, by the way, she teaches uh, economics at the Catholic University of America. Very smart lady, right? Started a hashtag on Twitter. It was called Postcards for Macron. And she put up a picture of her in her Harvard doctoral gown <laughs> with with six of her eight children, right? So so the hashtag got picked up, and then it went viral, right? Soon dozens, uh, all these other women started posting pictures of their seven, eight, nine children after having been, quote, perfectly educated, right? And so after that experience, she decided to start talking to other women who, like her, were defying the status quo. They were having more than just one or two children or not choosing to have any at all. Uh, there's a need for them. You know, we, we talked about this ad nauseum. South Korea's fertility rate is 0 0.7. You know, here in the United States, states like Massachusetts and Oregon, right, the 1.5. Replacement rate's 2.1, by the way. Um, so you you see those families with four or more children, 
Uh, why are they doing it, right? Uh, they're open to life and they are making a difference. It's a delight to have with me today uh, the director of social research, an associate professor at the Bush School of Economics at Catholic University, Dr. Catherine Pakalik. Doctor, welcome. Thank you for being here. Love talking to you, and I'm so grateful for your witness to life. Oh, you're welcome. It's such a pleasure. Well, such you teach pleasure. microeconomics, if I am correct. Mm -hmm. That might sound like mm -hmm. uh, an obvious question, but yeah. how much does the family impact the economic life of a country? Because, you know, if you've got Macron over there thinking it's ridiculous and, you know, we're overpopulated and, you know, they want to reduce population, not increase it. How does family play a role in the, the economy of any country? Right. Well, I like to say there's no more economic question than where people come from. Yep. <laughs> um, and so, right, for a long time, the Western countries, France being no exception, just taking it for granted that people will come from somewhere. There'll be people. And I think there's been also a smugness as the West um, has adjusted to that kind of higher standard of living that they benefited from their own population growth in the 19th century, which was made possible by a, a great robust economy. That was great. These countries grew. And, and then there was this smugness where they thought, well, we'll just import people from other parts of the world as we start to slow down and we don't have to do this. So, so yeah, how does a, how, you know, how do, how does a family impact? You gotta have, you gotta have people if you want to have economic growth, right? So people have to provide goods and services and they do so to succor their own families. And so, so right. I mean, there, we could just, we could spend all day, but yeah. yeah, there's, there's no chance for economic prosperity without people. I, I often think about Paul Ehrlich and he, the author of, you know, yeah. the population bomb. Oh, right. Yeah. And you know, yeah. there's not going to be enough food to feed people. You know, what are we going to do? Yeah. What have we seen from the 1970s forward? I mean, yeah. if God, one of the great gifts of God is our, our intellect and technology. Mm -hmm. We could feed the world many times over today, right? With the technologies, right. the fertilization, the equipment, the things that we we now have. So yeah, if you're open, my grandmother always would say to me, she says, Drew, because I had my kids. I mean, I have nowhere near your kids. So by the way, you have what, 15 kids? Is that, am I correct in my recollection? Um, yeah, we're really blessed. My, my I, I married a widower, and so we together we raised his children, and then we we had eight together. Yeah, so mm -hmm. your, your number's fifteen, though, right? I had five. I feel small next to you, right? But I had <laughs> one right after the other, right? They were about a year, year and a half right. apart. They were coming oh, pretty quick. Yeah, and I I got a little nervous. You know, I'm a father. I had to try yeah. to provide. Yeah. And my grandmother yeah. once said to me, she says, you know, for every child God gives you, He'll give you a loaf of yeah. bread, That's meaning right. that God will provide. Yeah. And His providence yeah. has been pretty amazing. I'm sure you saw that in your own life. Yeah. Oh my goodness. In my own, in my own life in spades, I mean, always just, uh, you know, I mean, there's no promise, right? I mean, this is like how it works. There's no promise that God will make things easy for us, but there is a promise that kind of like with his grace, uh, you know, things will work out, right? Things will work out. Um, it, it's been true in my life and it was true for all the people I ended up talking to, you know, all around the, the country. Um, and I, I guess I would like to say that they, they said something like, um, you know, the, the wisdom of having children proves itself in the long run that, yeah, you know, that so it true. looks impossible in the short run, but it, it proves itself in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my guest today, uh, Dr. Pakolik, and uh, I'm going to take a short break, Doc, because I'm up against the clock. I know you're writing a book yep. too. It's not out yet too. What's the title of that, by the way? And, uh, it's called Hannah's Children, the story of the women quietly defying the birth dearth. Um, yeah, so Hannah is the biblical Hannah. When we come back, let's, let's talk a little bit about that too. And if you want to join mm -hmm. us, let me open the phones. The numbers are triple eight. 914-9149. Uh, are you open to a big family? You know, what do people say to you when they see your big family? 
I, I, I only have five. I, I downplay that, right? But that's still a nice size family, and that's what God gave me. But I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said, oh, don't you know how this happens? <laughs> you know, neighbors, people that I live next door to, right? When I was having these kids, it's crazy. Uh, our number, 888-914-9149. We'll talk uh, about Hannah's children. We'll take a look at those who are defying the birth dearth when I return. Your daily dose of faith, hope, and charity. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, looking for a new job? How about one that offers opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. An Illinois Life Insurance Society not available in all states. Hey guys, got something I want to share with you. Many of you guys know my stance. I'm a pro-life person. I'm for saving the pre-born, right? And um, sometimes I feel like people, they might get offended at that only because when I say I'm pro-life, they sometimes might misconstrue that as I am against the ladies who um, have the babies because I'm pro-baby and pro-mama 100% of the way. If you're watching this and you've had an abortion, know this, that you are loved, you are accepted, and you have a place at the table, and Jesus' blood can wash away that wound and scar. But I want to tell you this. There are 2,363 babies aborted every day in America. That's over 860,000 a year. And listen, I believe that with God's help that we can fight for life and fight for freedom for these babies. Get the facts, get the faith. This is the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, what a great message, huh? That is uh, a voice, I don't know if you recognize or not, a very successful singer, uh, Christian singer now. He was a... um, he was a runner-up in American Idol several several years ago. I think he was out of Milwaukee. But he made a video that he posted on his social media, and I think it's a great message. It really is. I would share that. God bless you. That's Danny Gokey, by the way, if you don't remember the name. so um, If you're just joining me, we're speaking today with Catherine uh, Pakulik. She is uh, the author of a brand-new book that's coming out. And we're talking about those who defy the the birth dearth. We're seeing today, as we talk a lot about the issue uh, of life, there are many women, many families who are being open uh, to the beauty of having a, of a large family. And I'll take a few of your calls for her, too. We'll get to the phones in just a second. The number is 888-914-9149. And, Doctor, let's talk about your book. We'll grab calls from Agnes and everyone else here. But what does... You know, the, the title is an interesting one. Let's talk. Let me start there. I'm assuming this has to do with the biblical Hannah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, this is a tough book to write uh, for a lot of reasons. And, you know, if you if you profile a lot of women with a lot of children, you know, you get this question, like, are you are you out swinging for people to have 10 kids? You, you think that's the only valuable way to live? Right. Um, what are you interested in here? You know, right. And I, so I worked really hard to think, like, what is this about? This, what is this book about? What, what does it mean to talk about people who are open to life, open to having children? Because none of the people I talked to said they set out to have five or ten. And like you said, you, you know, you got the children God sent you. And at some point it came to me, you know, it called inspiration. The biblical Hannah is, is somebody who represents this idea of entrusting your family to God's providence and trusting your motherhood to, to God's providence. And so we know, we know Hannah, she's the one who goes and prays to be uh, relieved from being barren. 
And then God sends her Samuel, and it's such a beautiful story. And she brings Samuel back to the temple, and she gives him back. And any mother who reads this is, is sort of heartbroken at the thought that she's leaving Samuel. And what almost none of us know, and I didn't know until I wrote this book, that uh, that the priest takes pity on her, and he prays to God, and he says, you know, we've got to reward this woman for her faith, bringing Samuel back. Her most precious possession is Samuel. And God sends her five more children. Wow. Astonishing. So That's those are Hannah's story. children, are the children that are born not just of her of her plea to have children at all, but of her faith in God that God would provide for her. And it's just a beautiful story. So to me, the 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 heart of the biblical Hannah, what she stood for, that's really the thing I was after. I wanted to profile that. That's I think the the spirit of of both just devotion to God, trust in His providence, like all those things, yeah. being open to life and being open to His will, even if it's not going to be more children. So, yeah. yeah. God is good. Let's grab a few calls for you. Triple eight. Great. 914-9149. Agnes is in Chicago. Hi, Agnes. Thanks for joining us. You're on the air with Dr. Catherine Fulkolik. Hello there. Hi. Hi. I have, hi. Um, I was blessed with nine children. Oh, wow. And mm. I lost, I, there were three misses in between, but I was blessed mm. with nine. And people used to say, how can you dare on mm. one income to have nine children? I said, well, every time I got pregnant, my husband got a promotion and a raise. It was enough <laughs> mm-hmm. to cover the next kid. So wow. we figured mm-hmm. we were doing what God wanted. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a great story. A- Agnes, yeah. th- thank you so much for calling. I love that. For every child that she had, her husband got a promotion. Or a raise. W- what have you seen, doctor, in in your own life? Were there things, um, you know, whether was, was did you see the hand of God's providence? And you know, what are some of the challenges of raising yeah. fifteen kids? Yeah. Well, we raised um, we raised the children that we had for the most part um, before I even started working. I was a graduate student most of that time, and my husband's a philosopher, so you know that doesn't go along with a big paycheck. But I don't know. I mean, it seems like. You know, when we needed to, we, you know, we found hand-me-downs and used things yep. and we shot, you know, secondhand and we drove used cars and yep. I don't know, it, it seemed like it always worked out. Um, and I always just ask myself the question, would I rather have the next child or, you know, nicer car? And I, like for me, at least the answer was always like, you know, I'd, I'd rather just try the next child, you know, like it just seems better. But um, yeah, it's mysterious how, how God provides. Yeah, right? I, I always feel bad because, you know, I, I think it's fear or maybe a lack of trust in God that causes a lot of women. You might have two kids or three kids yeah. and four kids. Like I, I know a lot of, I've got some nieces and nephews and people who after they have X amount of kids, they, they, they're like, oh, I can't afford it anymore. I don't want any more, you know? And I know yeah. people who have had tubal ligations or vasectomies because they think, oh, if we have another child, what are we going to do? And there's probably people listening right now. There's probably a man or a woman right now who's thinking about having a vasectomy or a tubal ligation, having the tube side. And, right. and right. Um, they're saying, because we just can't have another one. We don't have the room. Yeah. We don't have the car. We don't yeah. have the finances. Um, yeah. and, and it's, it's, I think it's rooted in lack of trust in God, yeah. you know, and, but yeah. you know, how do you, how do you rise above that? I mean, uh, what advice right. should you give to somebody who's saying, you don't know my situation? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say too, you know, you see it like you're describing the people who are ready to stop. Um, but I was also want to say like with a, with the Catholic audience, you see this in young people getting married, they're getting married and, and God bless them. They get married, but then they say, we got to wait for two or three yeah. or oh, more yeah. years until we have these numbers of things. And I think it's, there's some, there's a job to be done there of just kind of spreading this 
this kind of good news. Like, you know, you can put four kids in one bedroom. Like I've done that, you know, <laughs> lots of times that probably Agnes did too. And you can put five or six in one bedroom, but actually your kids love that. Like those are gifts. So part of the job to be done here is actually taking the stories of women, like your caller Agnes, um, and, and really elevating them to the public conversation for so long. We viewed their stories as sort of not relevant or important for the, the future of this country. And I just think that's been a mistake. And so, like the thing that gives me the most excitement here is to take her story and put it out and say, actually, maybe Agnes's story is the most important thing we can listen yeah. to right now. Oh, yeah, no kidding. The other thing I find, um, you're, you're such a public witness. I think families that have, you know, th- that are open to life and God blesses with a, a large family like that. Right, right. I remember when I had these five little kids, you know, that's, like I said, there's seven of us, but we'd walk in and fill up a pew or people would see all of us in a restaurant yeah. or they'd, you know, you're such a witness to life now. You multiply that by three, you've got 15. You're going to take up three, you're going to take up a number of pews. But it's got to be a conversation starter, too, because people must say, Definitely. You know, are you running an orphanage or, you you know, are you a daycare? I mean, what are some of the things people said to you? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And that's the question I asked all the people in my study because I thought there's got to be some great stories. People who said things like, yeah, like, you know, you, well, you have your hands full. You hear that all the time. But then, you know, don't you know how that happens? Or, yeah, right. or or the worst ones, like one I told in the book, you know, people say, why would you do that? Like, why? Like, in, in a negative way. Like, what Like what would even lead you to do that? And the lady I talked to, she said, well, you know, what you want to say is because this is where all the joy is. <laughs> this is where the joy is. So, um, yeah, my goodness. Um, yeah. There was a really sad one. A lady who said she was out in the grocery store and someone said to her husband, looked at their I think they have 12 children, looked at her, looked at her family and looked at her husband and said, you should be spayed. Oh my gosh. She said, you know, can you believe that? And she said, and then people around them in the grocery store started defending them because it was so ugly. (laughs) That's Um, great. Yeah. What a story, right? That's something else. You you know what I think it is? And and my heart goes out to those who've been wounded. I I think it pricks the conscience of certain people. Like Mm. I I, I know, Mm. uh, I know a couple very successful. They're multimillionaires. They made tons of money because they invested in their business. Right. And that was their entire life. They limited their family to two children. And they've said to me before, they said, you know, true. My greatest regret is, is not having more kids. You know, and mm. you think at the time you can't afford it, you don't have the time. But when somebody who has chosen to limit or not have those children, uh, I think sometimes they see the big families, maybe on a subconscious level, they they see what they could have had and what they've missed, you know, and it kind of haunts them right. in some right. respects. Right. Well, look, I want to thank you for what you're doing. When the book's out, let us know. We'd love to talk much more about it. Absolutely. And uh, please tell your husband we said hello. We're grateful for all that he does. Will do. Final thoughts before I let you go. You know, Emmanuel Macron made that comment. Your thing went viral. What do you make of educated women having children? <laughs> well, I think I think it's actually the future. And I think that telling the good news of having children is yeah. something that we could do. It's how the gospel spread in the early days and how it's going to spread today, right? So yeah. we, this is roll up our sleeves and tell the good news. It's amazing how off point he was on that. You know, I saw his logic, right? but it was a little, so little flawed. Hey, <laughs> Catherine, thanks. Great. Have a great one. Thanks a lot, Drew. Appreciate Have it. Much. We'll talk Bye. soon. Bye. News and issues, uh, news and issues, news and headlines are straight ahead. I'm going to be back. Hope you'll hang out with me. We've got another hour together and uh, we'll get into a lot of stuff. Congressman Chris Smith will be stopping by. We're also going to be talking with Peter Grandage. Boy, the stock market's been pretty hot, huh? Let's take a look at uh, that and more. Don't go away.